Why don't you tell your neighbor that the best is yet to come? Why don't you tell your neighbor on the other side that the best is yet to come? So this morning we want to look at a very simple topic. Remember, ordinarily this will have been a weekend that we will have had our usual conference. But because of a clash in programming, we had to forego our conference. A lot of people have reached out to me with all sorts of suggestions. But we believe God that right now we are making the best of what we have. Let's open to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And then we'll pray. Lord, we are grateful for your steadfast love. We are grateful for your consistency. We are grateful because you changed now. Thank you, Father, for the principles that you teach us. Thank you for the principles that you are there to. Thank you, God, for each and every one of us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being with our family. Thank you for being with our spouses. Thank you for being with our children. Father, glory be to your holy name. Thank you, God, for being with Cornerstone these last few years. Lord, we thank you because your promise never fails. Father, take all the glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we go into your word today, we pray, Father, that you will teach us again. That you will make your word to be pleasant to us. And that you make them simple to understand. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, this morning I want to talk about a subject because God is with me. Of course, when I say that, of course, different things will come to your mind. But because God is with me, what will happen to me? Because God is with me, what are the things that I do not need to go through? Because God is with me, what are the things that I need to let go of? Because God is with me, what are the guarantees that I have in life? Because God is with me, what are the guarantees that I don't have in life? Because God is with me, what are the guarantees that I have for my family? Because God is with me, what are the guarantees that I do not have for my family? And so when you think about the topic, I want you to think why. Because the topic basically boils down to because Emmanuel. 
I'm going to give you some few examples, and then we will read our passage, and I will go into the message. In Genesis chapter 39, on two different occasions, the Bible says, for God was with Joseph. For me, and most likely for you, Joseph's circumstances did not look as if God was with him. On the first one, the Bible says that God made everything that he did to prosper in the house of Potiphar, his master. And for some reason, the Bible didn't did fit at that point to insert the statement, for God was with him. But then it is possible for God to be with you when you are asleep. It is possible for God to be with you when you are in bondage. In the same chapter 29, when you get to verse 23, the Bible says now that Joseph was in prison and everything that he did prospered. And then the Bible says, for God was with him. I've always wondered the way I'm sure a lot of us wonder. Our understanding of the presence of God in a man's life is not the same as God's understanding. If somebody puts two, put Potiphar and Joseph, and said, this is a man that is the right-hand man of the king. This is a man that when he speaks, people listen. They put him on one side. And then they put Joseph on the other side. Imagine that you never knew Joseph. And they say, he's the slave in this house. Everything Potiphar says, he does. He does not control his own time. Anytime Potiphar meets him, he has to be there. And then somebody says, which of them is God with? And a lot of you will say that you will say Joseph. <laughs> it is because you already know the story of Joseph. An average person will naturally say, I'll give an exa- another example of when God was with a man. If you read in Judges chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says that God was with the judges in Israel and they had peace at that time. So what it means is that when God is with your leader, there is peace in your country. It means that if God is with you as a person, there is peace that comes with it. When God is with a man, there is deliverance that is around the corner. Around the corner. The Bible says also, First Samuel chapter three verse nineteen, that the boy Samuel grew, and that everything that he began to do prospered. For God was with him. 
But then that is the kind of story that we like to hear. First Samuel chapter 18 verse 12. You read the story of David, how God was with David and everything he did prospered. Oh, you read Second Kings chapter 18. The Bible talks about a king called Ezekiah. And the Bible makes us realize that everything Ezekiah did came good because God was with him. And then we have that example in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. That how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So when, a, when God is with a man, it is difficult from the outside to know. But then there are specific people that God made a promise to. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, as Jacob was running away, God said, I will be with you. Now, it doesn't matter where you go, I am there. Uh, some of you thought when you were running away from certain places, you thought that was the end of it. But the God of Canada is the God of everywhere. So when God told Jacob, he said, I will be with you. Then Jacob prayed that his three-pronged prayer. He said, if indeed you will be with me, and you will keep me in the way that I go, and bring me back again to my father's house, he said, then the Lord will be my God. He said, then of all I have, I will give a tent unto you. God promised Moses. I have never seen a promise like that. God says, I will be with you. God said in Isaiah chapter 43, He says, when you pass through the water, He said, I will what? I will be with you. So there are numerous places that God will promise a man that he will be with you. In, in Genesis chapter in Matthew chapter 1, God said, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with before God was with certain people for certain things. But now God is going to be with us all the time. Now God is going to be with you when you are asleep. God is going to be with you when you rise. What God is saying there is that my presence is no longer coming and going. My presence is now but then we have the question. If the presence of God is permanent, how come we are not seeing the benefits of it? How come you look at the life of a Christian and you wonder? How come you look at the world and you wonder? How come sickness is still killing people? How come there are still disasters all over the world? But God promised His own. He said, I will be 
with you. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I will read from verse 1. Yeah, I'll wait a few minutes for you to get that. Chapter, chapter 1. Somebody says, what page is that? Page 172. Joshua <laughs> <laughs> chapter 1 is page 172. I will read from verse 1. The Bible says now, after the death of Moses, now I want you to note this, after the death of Moses, the servant of whom? Of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give unto them, even unto the children of Israel. Verse 3. Every place that the soul of your foot shall tread upon that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards, towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, let's stop there. If you are Joshua, let's just stop there. If you are Joshua, you are entering the shoes of the greatest leader that heaven has ever recorded at that time. The shoes of the greatest leader of that time. And God is saying, now I want you to complete the job that that leader could not complete. Some things will go through your head. Some things will go through your head, yes or no? Good. Now, because God understood that, immediately, He added, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. But then, if you don't know anything else, I want you to know one thing. As far as God has made a promise, He will never go back on it. The Bible says, Numbers 23, verse 19. That God is not a man that he will lie. Neither is he the son of man that he will change his mind concerning the promise that he has made. I am going to go through three things. That because God is with me, it does not mean that those three things cannot happen. Number one, because God is with me, does not mean I cannot be afraid. Tell your neighbor that because God is with you, does not mean you cannot be afraid. Tell your neighbor if you have a neighbor on the other side that because God is with you, does not mean you cannot be afraid. Now that sounds a little bit unscriptural. But what sounds unscriptural the more is when you deny something that is a reality. 
I can imagine God looking at Joshua. And Joshua is shaking. As God is telling him, now you are the leader. You know, occasionally I think about it. Whenever you think that your leader is not good enough, put yourself in that position. Oh, the prime minister is not doing well. Put yourself in that position. Oh, the premier is not doing well. Put yourself in that position. Oh, people told me the way, the, the way we have managed COVID-19 is bad. Put yourself in that position. Ah, I know in most homes, when the decision is very simple, a particular sex, a particular sex of the home will say, I will make that decision. When the decision is hard, then you hear somebody saying, but you are the father or you are the mother of the house. Why is it that everybody, nobody wants to make the hard decisions? It is because suddenly you understand that because God is with you does not mean you cannot be afraid. But God is saying, but God is saying, be of good courage. But courage simply means Courage simply means continue to do what you do despite the fear that is behind you. Courage does not mean that you are not fearful. Courage does not mean that there are no times that you will sit and ask what if it doesn't turn out well. Courage does not mean that you deny the emotions that you go through because you want to look super spiritual. Oh, there are times all of us can be afraid. You can be afraid. What if it doesn't end well? Everybody goes through it at one time or the other. Oh, you can ask me as a leader there are times that you are afraid. But of course, if I called everybody together and say, every pastor is afraid. <laughs> you just see everybody going to their tent. But what I'm telling you is that fear by itself it is not a sin. Because God is with you does not mean things will not cross your mind. But the good thing is that you have a word to hold on to. The good thing is that there is a word that will never fail that God has given you ahead of time. The good thing about it is that before you are afraid, God already knew it and he gave you a word. Esther chapter 4. Mordecai tells Esther. He said, This is the plan of the enemies 
for our tribe. <laughs> Esther thinks to herself, what you are asking for, you have no clue. If the king doesn't call you, and you go inside, like that. Now think about that for a while. You know that what this thing that you might do is going to lead to your death. Brethren, either you like it or not, Esther was afraid for her life. And so Esther said, go and tell Mordecai that it is not the custom to go to the king when the king didn't call you. I pray you have an uncle like Mordecai. Mordecai didn't stop there. He said, go back and tell her. The either she's afraid to die now, or she's afraid to die with us. At some point, she's going to die. So at that point, Esther said. At that point, Esther said that it is better. Let me do something and die for it than to do nothing and die. That is courage now coming to pass. And so she said that popular statement that I will go unto the king. Said, but I need encouragement. And where is the encouragement going to come from? All my mates, they will be fasting with me. And then he says, but if I go to the king, if I die, I die. But then that is courage. When God is with a man, it does not mean that you cannot be fearful. But you will have the courage to take the next step. Look at Jeremiah in chapter 1. God told him that I have chosen you. I have ordained you. Jeremiah began to say some things that shouldn't be repeated. And then God said, ah, I will be with you. So, brethren, it is not unusual to be afraid when God is calling you to something greater than your power can carry. In fact, let me tell you the truth. When God is calling you to something greater than you and you are not afraid, there's a problem. I'm telling you the truth. There is a problem. When God called us to start this church, the truth of the matter is that you'll be afraid. When Peter <laughs> followed Christ, he got to a point when they arrested the master. Peter was afraid. But that same Peter, by the time he came out, he became bold. And that's what the Bible says, the righteous are Bold. The Bible says that when they saw the boldness of Peter, that they had reckoned that they had been with Christ. Because God is with me, how can I help myself not to be afraid? One of the ways is that you focus on the solution to your problem and not the problem. 
Whatever you focus on, get bigger. Oh, you focus on your child because the child is misbehaving. You will play so many times in your head. The problem will look bigger than it is. I will focus on the solutions and not the problem. Numbers chapter 13. The Bible says that they went to spy the land. Ten of them saw the problem in the land. Two of them saw the solution to the problem. The solution was, let us go at once to take it. So, brethren, I want you to understand it today. That because God is with you does not mean you cannot be afraid. But God does not expect you to remain afraid. Number two. When God is with you, does not mean that you don't need others to encourage you. You know, some people will say, well, God is with me. I have all the encouragement I, have, I need. <laughs> if you read, I like reading the story of the children of Israel. I read it multiple times in a year. When you read the story, you will notice that in 11 chapters, God encouraged them 11 times. Why? Because the greater the challenge, the more encouragement you need. Some people think because you encourage somebody once, that that is all you need. <laughs> Let me give you an example. When Moses was going to go to Egypt, God called him. And God encouraged him. And God noticed that this encouragement was not enough, so God said, No problem, I will send your brother with you to continue to encourage you along the way. When they got to Egypt, God said, You know what? To encourage this man, I need to show signs and wonders so that he will understand that I'm still with him. Ten different times, God encouraged Moses to signs and wonders. So no wonder when God told Moses, when they got to the Red Sea, that tell the children of Israel to go forward. <laughs> but then, let me fast forward to Joshua. Joshua goes and spies the land. He comes back and says, we can conquer. Everybody else says, we can't conquer. Because of the fault of the other people, for 40 years, Israel lived with failure in their head. For 40 years. Now, do you think you are going to erase the memory of 40 years with one word of encouragement? Some of you think because somebody came to you and you counted them once that that is all they did. 
Some of you think because you spoke with your husband once about a particular behavior, that is all you need. Some of you think because you spoke to your wife about a particular behavior, that is all she needs. Some of you think because you spoke to your children about a particular behavior, that is all they need. But don't 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 don't, uh, don't, um, don't deceive yourself. The greater somebody has gone into trouble, the more encouragement they need to come out of it. And that is why you will find in multiple places in the book of Joshua, God kept on saying, I will be with you. At a point, God even told Joshua, he said, the people will listen to you. But then, that is why part of what we are studying is this, encourage one another. The greater the conquest of any man, the more encouragement the man needs. I forgot the translation, but I like the translation of Matthew chapter 4 verse 11. After Jesus Christ has been baptized, the Bible says that angels came and ministered to him. You know the meaning of the word minister? It is to meet somebody's need for that present time. And the only people that could minister to him were those that understood what he needed to go through. But then there are times that God will send the Holy Spirit to minister to you. There are times that it is human beings that will minister to you. Because you need encouragement all the time. How many people need encouragement for today? I don't know about you, mean I need encouragement. For example, now I am looking for money to build a new sanctuary. Do I need encouragement or not? So put your hands in your pocket and encourage me. Praise the Lord. So what we are saying is this. Every step of the way, despite the fact that God is with you, you still need encouragement. Uh, let me give you some other examples. At a point, Jesus was encouraged. Matthew chapter 8 verse 10. He was talking to a man and the man said, you don't need to come to my house, just speak the word only. And the master couldn't hide it. He said, this is encouraging. I have never seen such faith at all anywhere, not even in Israel. At one time, the master needed encouragement. But maybe he didn't know how to ask for the encouragement. So he says, who do men say I am? And they began to, they began to fumble. Oh, they say you are a prophet. Oh, they say you are this. And then suddenly Peter spoke. Ah! Jesus looked at him and said, thank God for you. 
He said, I am encouraged. The church of Christ will continue to match on. So everybody needs a form of encouragement. Oh, there are occasions where nobody can encourage you. Oh, let me tell you the truth. There are occasions when you stand alone and nobody can encourage you. One of those occasions happened to David in first summer. And the Bible records that they wanted to stone him because of their sons, because of their daughters. At that time, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. But then, Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. The Bible says, keep putting all these things into practice. All the things that you have heard, you have learned, you have received, you have seen, they keep putting them into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. There is a peace that comes from practicing what you have been taught. Brethren, encouragement is good. And so, because God is with me or with you, does not mean you don't need encouragement. Because God is with your neighbor, does not mean your neighbor does not need encouragement. Oh, let me bring it home. Because God is with your activity leader, does not mean that your activity leader does not need encouragement. Let me dwell on this a little bit because I'm a pastor. The only time that people remember pastor is when they have problems. Very few times when somebody phoned me and said, Pastor, I got promotion at work. Praise God. You will hear about it in church. Praise the Lord. It's God's testimony. When they are praying for that job, they don't come to church, they call pastor. Brethren, pastor need encouragement when God answers your prayer. Are you getting it? The head of the prayer team needs encouragement when God answers your prayer. Ah, somebody call you and say, Pastor, my child is not behaving well. Ah, you say, don't worry, bring the child, let us pray with the child. You pray with the child, you cancel the child. That is the last you hear of it. And the reason it is the last is because that child begins to behave well. Is it not good for pastor to also know that God is answering prayer? Is it not good for pastor to know that counsel is working? The next time we hear from you, the next time you stand on my phone, the next time you call, it will show the last time you called. It was two years ago. Because that was the time that your child entered high school. And immediately I see your number. I say, God, I need encouragement. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So because God is with somebody, does not mean they don't need 
encouragement. Number three, because God is with me, does not mean I don't have a part to play. I need to explain this very well. When God is with a man, the promises of God are there. But I have realized something about God. God will never force His promise on you. You walk into the promise. You claim the promise. You leave the promise. But God will never force His promises on you. And so because God is with me, I need to play my part. By the way, don't you tell yourself now, not your neighbor, that well, because God is with me, I need to do what? I tell yourself one more time. Have you noticed that when the children of Israel got to Egypt and when they got to the promised land, they still had to physically go in and possess it? In fact, I was reading yesterday. By the time you get to Joshua chapter 13, I think. The Bible says that now Joshua was old and speaking in age. Joshua now is about 110. The time that Joshua began to lead the children of Israel, it was about 40. And I know, but uh, the time that they left Egypt, it was about 40. Now they get to the promised land, it is about 84. They have been conquering the land. In number, in, by the time you get to chapter 13, God comes back to Joshua. He said, do you know that there is still a lot of land to conquer? But then that is how it is with most of us. When you arrive at a place, you believe that is the best that God has for you. But I'm here to tell you that your best is yet to come. I'm here to tell you, brethren. That what God has promised you. Is much greater than what you are experiencing right now. The Bible says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Now, ask your neighbor, are you beginning to enjoy all blessings yet? If you are not, it means there is still a lot of ground to cover. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, I can do. All things, not some things. How many things? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 20. It says that the promises of God have been fulfilled in Christ. With a resounding yes. And through Christ our what? Amen, right? Now let me Amen. let me go into a little bit of theology here. It is not every time that your yes is a word of mouth. 
Sometimes your yes is in cooperative action with God. When God told Abraham, He said, Arise from the place where you are, I'm taking you to another place. It doesn't matter how many amen he shouted throughout the day, he still needed to, to go. Now, your amen might be an action. Your amen might be other things. Your amen might be a prayer. But whatever it is, you have to do your part to receive the blessing. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And uh, that's one of the beauties of being a pastor. You see the good, the bad, and the ugly. I heard about, about a couple. They were going to their pastor all the time to pray. Because they were believing God for the fruit of the womb. And they were praying, and they were praying. In those days, pastor was were not trained to counsel. So you come for prayer, they do what? They pray. After praying and praying, the pastor asked them one day. He said, brother and sister, let us be practical. He said, how are you working to have this child? Ah, they said, Pastor, the last time that we did anything like home was three months ago. The pastor then said, go, go uh, get thee behind me. <laughs> you are asking somebody to pray for the fruit of the womb. It doesn't come by saying amen. It comes by working for it. Yeah, some of you will understand that later. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How do you know what part you play? I can imagine Joshua telling you today. When God told Joshua, tell the Levites to carry the ark of God and go into the river Jordan. You know me, I'm, I like to study all these things. I found out that the point where God wanted them to cross was one mile wide, 1.6 kilometers. And look, I want you to look at this statistic a little bit. You are going to walk a journey of 1.6 kilometers. And have 2 million people with you. A lot of those 2 million people, they are young. Because don't forget that by this time, everybody that was above the age of 20, as at the time of the sin, had died. Right? Now, what that means is this. What that means is this. It means among them, there will be some that instead of making sure they get to the end, they will run forward and they will run backwards. Yes or no? Because the Bible says foolishness is in the heart of the child. There were some of them that would be like, let us see what will happen. I will be the last one. And yet, 
millions de vies dépendaient de tes actions. And so Joshua had no choice. He had to believe God that these waters will hold. Right? Now, let me make it a little bit complicated. Joshua was of the, which tribe? Who can tell me? Okay, Joshua was of the tribe of what? Ephraim. Now, if the last person that water covered was of the tribe of Judah, you, you started the tribal war there, have you not? Are you getting it? If for some reason the person that water covered spoke a different language, there's a problem. So Joshua had to make sure that my action is correct. Did he need encouragement or not? He needed a lot of encouragement. So Joshua told them to examine themselves. He said they should put away everything that will not allow them to, to, to go with God. And then they started the journey. Brethren, as I end this today, I want to bring out something here that you need to understand. Because God is with me does not mean that God will do everything. The Bible says, for this cause, the Son of Man was manifested that in my word, destroy the works of the enemy. God brings spiritual deliverance. I will make sure I change the way I think. It is possible to be delivered spiritually, but be mentally in bondage. It is possible to be spiritually delivered, and my emotions will not follow my deliverance. It is possible, brethren. And that is what happened to the children of Israel. Physically, they were delivered. Spiritually, they were delivered. But their minds were not delivered. Let me tell you one bitter truth. God delivers the spirit, He doesn't deliver your mind. That is why the Bible says, Think! On these things. Whatsoever things are pure, God is pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, God is lovely. Whatsoever things glorify God, He says, Think on these things. Romans chapter 12, He says, By the constant renewal of your mind. Brethren, there are some things God will not just do. And somebody will say, why not? It is the concept of free will. If God could change the will of a man, then God will have changed the will of every unbeliever now. 
But God does not change the will of a man. That's why the Bible says, as many as by their own will did receive him, then he gave them the power to become the children of God. So as you go home today, I want you to understand that God is with you. And I want you to stop feeling bad because of the things that you go through. What you need is what you should give out. You need encouragement, give out encouragement. You need people to be around you, be around people. But whatever you do, remember that God is with you. Let us rise on our feet. Let us rise on our feet. I'll give you just one prayer to pray. And the prayer is very simple. And it comes from that last statement, uh, that last point that I made. And that is God. Open my eyes to the things that are my responsibility. It doesn't matter how much you pray. God will not do for you what he expects you to do for yourself. But sometimes you need God to open your eyes. So say, God, open my eyes to know the things that are my responsibility.